Welcome to Ryan Watches a Movie. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's up? Not a whole lot. All right. When you say what's up, are you like looking for a response or is it more of just a rhetorical thing? Because I, I never really know. Like when people at work, <laughs> like when I'm walking by people at work and they're like, hey, what's up? Like I never know if I should be like, oh, you know, just uh, just plugging away. Or if I should just be like, hey, what's up? You know, like return, like reciprocate the what's up. It's a, for me, it's just, it's open-ended. Like I, I let you decide. Okay. I like that. that. Yeah. I guess that's sort of how I do it as well. We're also joined by Ryan Holes. Hey, Ryan. Uh-uh. If this is your first time tuning in, the challenge, the new challenge with Ryan watches a movie is to find a movie that Ryan likes in hopes that one day we'll reach that coveted 10 out of 10. You can join in on the conversation by sending your movie suggestions for Ryan to podcast at filmpulse.net or sending me a DM on Twitter at filmpulse.net. My DMs are open, I think. I think that's, <laughs> I, I never really, I don't know if I ever really grasped the, the whole DM thing and how all that works, but I think they're open. I think so. I think I'm pretty sure your DMs are open. If you like the show, consider helping us out by contributing to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash filmpulse. And be sure to check out the Frederick's Ataxia Research Alliance at curefa.org. Now, Ryan, what movie did we have you watch this week? Rumble in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx from 1995. This is directed by Stanley Tong. I have a synopsis here. A young man visiting and helping his uncle in New York City finds himself forced to fight a street gang and the mob with his martial arts skills. This stars Jackie Chan, of course. Ryan, have you seen Rumble in the Bronx before? No. No? Nice. I was I was pretty sure that you saw this before. I might have, and I just don't remember it, but uh think uh Okay. So tell us a little bit about Rumble in the Bronx. I was very confused to start off with. The movie starts off and Jackie Chan is sort of a I assume Chinese and, <laughs> and they're speaking English and it's clearly Jackie Chan's voice. But the words don't match either of their faces. <laughs> It's also a little confusing. Just to pause there for a second, the way that the movie was shot, they they knew that they were going to dub it in English, so they just had them speak uh, whatever language, whatever their native language was. So most of the people actually spoke English. Jackie Chan did not speak English. And then they just dubbed over everything. I need to ask for Ryan, because the, the very, very opening is a lot of Cantonese where you, was there a part of you that was like, oh shit, fuck this movie? No, because I knew I didn't have to read the whole thing. <laughs> so you, know, at some point, you know at some point they were going to switch into English. Yeah, yeah. You could just sense it. And I knew when they started speaking English. And their mouths didn't match. <laughs> I knew that I was going to go to English. <laughs> Plus all the other 
pretty crappy gang members there that speak English, but it's like when they talk, they're like surprised by what they say. It it actually does make sense. Like I I actually do know what you're talking about there. It's I I remember when this movie came out the first time I saw it, I was kind of blown away with the dubbing because at the time this was like the best dubbing I had ever seen in a movie. Like usually in martial arts movies, the dubbing is so bad and you know, like kaiju movies too, but like this movie actually the voices the the mouths somewhat matched up. Like at least it looked like the words that they were saying matched the dialogue. Yeah. But yeah, the the overacting of the uh the voice performer performers definitely oh <laughs> definitely gave it that old school Hong Kong martial arts vibe. Plus the fact that everyone it, nearly everyone is playing this like exaggerated stereotype, mm-hmm. especially like the gang members. Oh, big time. <laughs> like Angelo is so New York. Yeah. Even though this movie was shot in Canada, <laughs> but well, I guess we'll get to that. The very starts out, like I said, Jackie Chan's in a car with his uncle. And they're talking about how you introduced the fact that his uncle owns a shop and he's trying to get rid of it. And you also introduced the fact that he's getting married the next day. And uh, you're supposed to assume, I guess, that bad things are going to happen. And one day, I know I'm going to screw this up because so many. There's so many interactions of the gang members. Jason first stops a shoplifting try of these gang members and pretty much embarrasses them. And then after that, you're introduced to one character. Jason's neighbor is in a wheelchair. And the lady that is trying to buy the store. And eventually, J.J. convinces her to buy the store early on in the day. And then his uncle goes and gets married. And that, that scene blew my mind. Because, like, everybody at the wedding was a professional singer and they all broke out in a song and dance even though he had a young kid trying to dance around his wheelchair um so he has more brothers with this guy and <laughs> it's like uh, back and forth and eventually this gang comes upon another illegal incident and steals diamonds from another group of thieves that are posing as FBI agents. But they really want the diamonds and kill everyone that tries to get in their way. 
So this one guy ever takes the diamonds and hides them in the wheelchair car. The other gang comes in and beats up Jay Chan and the little kid the wheelchair is trying to interrogate him. Which that scene also made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's like a little kid yeah you know, the shit I, I laughed at that scene too actually because it was so ridiculous it's this giant like i think it was a mullet was it a mullet or just a ponytail what i think it was kind of a mullet into a ponytail he was like balding so it was like it's kind of hard to really pinpoint what this guy's hairstyle was but he goes in, he, he literally starts beating the shit out of this kid in a wheelchair. Picks him up, throws him out of the wheelchair, punches him. <laughs> like he's just beating the crap out of this kid. And I'm like, wow, that's happening. So anyway, Jackie's head is also attacked by the reverse gang. And they throw balls at a many corner of an alley. And there's like, you know, 20 of them. And one of them. And they get all bloody and disoriented. And he crawls back to the wheelchair kid. The wheelchair kid's sister. Who is the girlfriend of the wood gang? Helps him, then tries to disappear. And meanwhile, the little kid is telling that he wishes he could, like, help his sister more. And all this disabled nonsense. And it pretty much turns into a sub story for 10 minutes. And then after. I love how the, the brother is constantly talking about how hot his sister is. That, that was also <laughs> weird. Yeah, <it's> so <laughs> very odd. This is very bizarre. Like, and that, he led yeah. with that. Like, as soon as he introduced her, it was like, just straight into it. How and pretty she Jan is. Says, oh, what is she? And he big creepily goes, 21. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the other guy comes back for the diamonds. And they can't find them. So they end up kidnapping the girl from the other gang, the wheelchair kid sister, and her boyfriend. And there's, I think there was another gang member in there. And they, they talk to Jerry's hand and tell him about to get the police involved. And things happen. And uh, they aren't really that important. <laughs> and the police are having us. And Jay Chan 
finds the original the diamond gangster and it's well still a hovercraft and JJ ends up cutting it apart and five minutes later literally five minutes later Jason takes a hovercraft letting come because after the the diamond guy and it's a pretty member <laughs> with the over guy. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous ending. I just love I just love the fact that so after he takes that ridiculous sword and like somehow rigs it up to the Lamborghini and just slices like the because, whole side open of the hovercraft and it crashes. <laughs> it was gold. <laughs> and then so they take the time to patch up that hovercraft. They duct tape up the whole side. They let Jackie Chan drive the thing. They they actually give him like a little bit of a tutorial on how to drive it. They let him fill the hovercraft with other civilians, his friends, and they let him take down. They encourage it. The police, the police are like, "All right, come on, we could, you can go ahead and do this." I mean, it is the most utterly ridiculous scene, and and they knew that they were going to do it. Like they went into it, it so planning much. to run him over with the hovercraft. Like, let's go run this guy mm-hmm. over with the hovercraft. Like that was the plan, and he had like the the little boy and the the sister. They're all they're all like, let's go, let's do this, let's run this guy over with a hovercraft. Oh, all right, God. so so Ryan, what did you think of Rumble uh, in the Bronx? It made a laugh, and Jackie Chan he killed a lot of people's asses. Mm-hmm. Now this remains, I believe, this remains Jackie Chan's most successful movie. This is the movie that he that that really launched his career in the U.S. Actually, I'm sure. Let me take that back. I'm sure that the uh, like Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights and all those movies are probably like more financially successful. But Rumble in the Bronx is the one that really that was his breakthrough in the United States. Of course, he's been making movies for many many years i think he was like 43 when he made rumble in the bronx which is insane when you actually see rumble in the bronx and see the type of stuff that he does in this movie yeah and i think that was that was the most exciting part about this movie for me is like all the stuff because you don't really see that too often anymore like like you know where they push a truck off the top of the parking garage or when they tear down the entire supermarket and the like the stuff the the stunts that he's doing and stuff. Yeah, I mean that that was like the big thing I remember when this movie came out and they were really hyping it. They were all of like the trailers and ads and stuff would mention that he doesn't use wires, he doesn't use camera tricks, there's no like no special effects like this is all just him doing this. No stunt men. And it's it's really wild. I mean, to this day, there's no, there aren't that many 
action stars that are doing what he did. I did get the sense where, like, with the credits, they show you kind of like the all the times he gets injured and everyone else that gets injured. And, you know, it would be like a small scene and then it would immediately cut to all the paramedics <laughs> coming out and the person getting loaded into yeah. the ambulance. And you're just like, is it worth I it? Mean, like, all these people are getting injured. I mean, let's, let's be honest. One of the best parts about any Jackie Chan movie is the end credits where they show all of the horrible accidents and outtakes that occur yeah he a, a lot of people got injured on this movie that's also something you don't really hear about too much anymore i mean even in like the raid movies and stuff as crazy as they are you never hear about people getting injured in any way no it seems like they they do i think hollywood does a i don't know if i want it better is the right term but they do a, a better job of kind of keeping that stuff under wraps yeah and i mean that could be that could be and and also like i think that it's probably safer like a lot of the productions nowadays are probably safer than even back in 95 and this was a pretty big production but at the same time this was still a hong kong production and they had a very specific way of doing it and they're like hey you know in this scene jackie chan needs to jump from one building onto the balcony of the building across from it. And they just had him do it. Like he just did it. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> which I do. I love that sequence where he, he's like the beginning part of this movie. is just him getting the shit kicked out mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And with, you know, he gets, he's when he jumps from the top of that parking garage onto the fire escape, on the other building he's all bloody he's limping and everything and then immediately cuts to him like completely fine just wheeling the kid down the street and you're just like how much time has elapsed here he was only supposed to be here for a week <laughs> yeah i thought he was only supposed to be there for like a couple days and then he extended <laughs> it and then well it should be noted that the version that we watched was the new line version, which was the dubbed one. That's the one that came out in America and 17 yeah. <laughs> minutes have been cut. So seven, 17 minutes of the original Hong Kong theatrical version were cut out of the American one. Now from what I, and from what I read, it wasn't anything like major, but it did change like key plot elements. Well, like one of the biggest things which I find surprising is like in the original, he's a Hong Kong cop, mm -hmm. which is funny to think of because when they do the whole wire thing where he, he helps out the police, he's fucking terrible at it. Like he screws it up like one minute in. <laughs> yeah, like they they almost immediately <laughs> discover the wire that's in his, in his scalp. <laughs> so I'm just thinking like, oh, okay. It's, it's a guy from Hong Kong. He's just a regular Joe. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. That's an, that's an understandable mistake. But then to, to find out that he originally is actually a cop from Hong Kong, then you're just like, wait a second. This guy's just really incompetent. Yeah, apparently they also cut out this whole, uh, like, he has a girlfriend or, or maybe even a wife in Hong Kong that, that they cut all that stuff out. It almost seemed like they were trying to make the sister a love interest, which was that's a thing that that yeah that didn't really work. No, it was kind of bizarre. Yeah, 
Uh, Ryan, what did you think of the the action sequences? Uh, well, I answer, they were all pretty good. They all look. Yeah. Who was your favorite one? Uh, Besides the the mullet ponytail uh, got beat. I the really loved in the beginning <laughs> when they were his bike with the cars, and he. Tries to get a go awake and he can't wake him up, so he jumps out. And then they all destroy those cars. And if they're in, like, uh, they're on a street, but they're in a tunnel, like on this subway. And he makes the girl fall off. That's your favorite scene? <laughs> I'm getting there. He makes the girl flip off her bike. And she's all angry. Like she would have won anyway. And that just kicks off all It's a weird scene to be your favorite. Okay. I mean, I think that there's, he always incorporates a lot of humor in his action sequences. And I think that that's one, one of the reasons that he became so popular worldwide was because it was different. Like when you watch a Jackie Chan movie, it's not like, it's not like other martial arts action movies. The the creativity that he incorporates in it and the humor, uh, I think, is is something very specific to his style. Yeah, and I think there's two two things that make it work so well. One is how he incorporates everything in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he'll utilize chairs and refrigerators and pinball machines and a ski. Like you, you have no. He can pick up anything or utilize anything. And then uh, the second thing that I always, with the comedy elements that I find intriguing with him is he's never like brutal. Like he doesn't destroy people like breaking their arms and shit. He just kind of like smacks them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like they finally like they give up and then he's just like, okay, I hope you guys learned your lesson. Yeah. And then he leaves. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never really thought about it before rewatching this, but a lot of his like fighting style is just wearing, wearing people down. Like he just wears <laughs> down the enemy. And a lot of, a lot of his fighting style in this movie is just, it's very defensive. Like, yeah, he's just smacking people. Really. A lot of the early scenes he's he's getting his ass kicked and a lot of the early scenes he's just trying to get away. Like he's like all of his moves are like purely <laughs> defensive moves so that he can get away and get out of the situation. Later on, yeah, later on I, when he gets pissed, he starts, you know, beat, beating people up more, but Yeah, but even then he just stops and he's like you guys need to rethink your lives. You're garbage <laughs> and then they immediately they're like yeah he's right well yeah that was <laughs> and then they team up yeah that's the funny thing so the the gang that ryan was talking about the one gang they end up teaming up with jackie chan and sort of becoming the good guys and then he becomes friends with them and they're on his side the the people that he's fighting through the whole movie suddenly just are like all right 
Let's take yeah, down this bigger threat of, of these. Look and the whale turns around. That is true. They, they aren't they aren't beating up little wheelchair kids. <laughs> that one that one guy did go through a wood chipper. Yes. So that kind of put things in perspective for They him. did put a they did put a man in a wood chipper. That that happened. <laughs> Although like most Jackie Chan movies, while this movie was rated R, I don't think it was overly violent or anything like that. I mean, I think most of his movies are on the the tame, more tame side of things. Like they're not overly oh, yeah. bloody or anything like that. They're not grisly. Kevin, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene? Oh man, I think on one hand it's all the stuff with the hovercraft because it's just so goddamn ridiculous and and then the 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 fight sequence at the at the uh their hangout I like or whatever. that also it's, especially when he gets the ski oh man <laughs> yeah he goes nuts he does go nuts with that so i got dads of happy king of this shit they just keep trying it and i don't know why like none of them know martial arts they're just trying to swing at them with bats yeah, it never works out. Never works out against Jackie Chan. There was a there was a nightclub in this that was particularly nineties <laughs> as well. With the tiger, there's the tiger. There is there's a full band with guitars and drums, which you can't hear any of that because no. there's also a DJ playing. Yeah, and then there's also like an EDM group playing at the same time. There's just like seven different bands playing at once. It's a pretty great 90s club scene, but do say so. <laughs> I I uh I think my favorite scene was probably also the the like the gang hideout fight scene. I don't know, was there was that the same scene where there were like he, like the dudes on the motorcycles and stuff that he was like going up against? No, are you talking about the one where they? Where uh, like, I think that's when he's like running away. Yeah, yeah, I think that was an earlier scene, actually. Yeah, then the parking garage. Yeah, because that was pretty cool. I liked that when they hit like hit it up against the fence, mm-hmm. and it knocked him down, and then he got trapped between the the truck, the wall, and yeah, the with truck, the truck, and it hit the mirror hits him. That was that was crazy. Those those are the scenes that I always sort of marvel at with the. The scenes that are so meticulously designed that if anything happens like a centimeter off, he's going to be really hurt. He's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. like serious injury time. And I mean, you do see some of that in the outtakes, but he did break his leg. It's ridiculous because it was just him jumping on a hovercraft. <laughs> like out of all the things that takes him down in this movie the stunts that he does it's that one yeah, and i think that it actually happened fairly early on in shooting too and they had to try to hide the cast for the rest of the movie and uh the he shot another movie like directly after this and they had to do it in that movie too to, like try to hide the cast so as i mentioned this was shot in canada it was i believe vancouver and you can apparently see mountains in some scenes, like in the background. I didn't really notice anything, but, and, and they had to, according to Wikipedia, they had to spray paint 
like the the buildings and then remove it after every day that they shot <laughs> it didn't really feel like new york to me but no, no. i mean they did i guess it was an okay job of making it feel like a gritty city at least no it definitely felt like uh someone from hong kong what they imagine the bronx to be yeah all right, Ryan, any final thoughts before we get your score on Rumble in the Bronx? No. Just out of, out of curiosity, have you seen a, a decent number of Jackie Chan movies or uh, have you seen any of, the, any of the Hong Kong ones or have you only seen like the American ones? I have more American he did uh, like Super Cop was another one that was I really. Think I, I think that was right I after Rumble that. in the Bronx. I like Super Cop's really great too. That's part of the. Uh, is that? I think that's part part of the Police Story series. Yeah, Police Story three, but because Police Story one and two never had a proper release in the U.S., it was just called Super Cop. <laughs> Same with Jackie Chan's First Strike. The original title of that is Police Story 4, First Strike. One of my favorite Jackie Chan fight scenes, I believe it was in Operation Condor. Uh, he is fighting in a wind tunnel yes. against th- these guys. And one of his like allies is trying to adjust the wind tunnels in Jackie Chan's favor. So like the guy, so like he'll switch it so that the wind is pushing towards Jackie Chan's back so that it increases his like punching strength <laughs> and he knocks the guy back harder. It's a great scene. So, and, and at the beginning when the wind tunnels turned on, they're trying to punch each other, but like his, their fists are moving like super, super slow. <laughs> so it looks like they're just sort of hugging each other in slow motion. It's, it's one of my favorite Jackie Chan uh, fight scenes. Uh, all right. Let's give you your drum roll, Ryan. What do you give Rumble in the Bronx? Hey. Six. It's a six out of ten right there. All right. Mm. Okay. Gotta keep at it. Yeah, we're gonna keep keep refining. It's gonna be a journey. Well, I think really, really made laugh when they okay. made. So you like the wheelchair? Made the ship. Because <laughs> my god, you were lifeless. <laughs> I mean, what? So we need to find more movies with kids in wheelchairs to get the <laughs> shit kicked out of them. I think we already gave him Mac and me when the, when yeah, the kid goes down that. the hill and off the cliff in the wheelchair. <laughs> uh, so, like, what? What were? What was like the main aspect that brought it? down for you probably the not so good acting okay and everyone right. just in like especially the gang members yeah i hear you oh, that's one. fair i mean with a movie like this you're not you're not uh gonna go in expecting a deep story or or, or you know yeah. High caliber acting. I think those are fair criticisms, though. I mean, I think I think a lot of martial arts movies uh, later on have proven that you can have 
a really fun over the top martial arts movie, but also have decent performances and a, a, a storyline that is at least somewhat memorable. There's way too much going on in this and a little amount of, like, the amount of frontage has with the one gang. I can't even remember all them. Like, the, the yeah, whole... a lot of run-ins. When, when, when <laughs> too many run-ins. Yeah. down, and when the one guy... Choose gum and take his face and do uh, in there as they'll think. All right. Uh, so there you have it. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and movies for Ryan to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net, at filmpulsekevin, and at my legs don't work. In a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rankstraw and Ryan Holes, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. See you later. <laughs> well, that was a good one. <laughs> Love it.